Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hello and welcome to Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. This is Asia Tech Podcast Stories. We're sharing the stories of the people who make the Asian tech ecosystem so exciting, so dynamic. Today, joined in the studio by Jean-Pierre Sedaga. Jean-Pierre, welcome to the show. Thank you, Graham. Thank you for welcoming me. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you have, you're here because increasingly all my guests seem to be French. So uh, something's happening. We'll have to talk about that. So something's happening with these French talent coming to Asia. There's a long story. We will park yes. that. Come to that in a minute. You are managing partner of Vantage Capital in Singapore which is, uh, you describe yourself as an independent corporate finance advisory firm dedicated to the tech industry in Asia. So there's a lot to learn about Asia today and about tech in Asia. But first, back to the point about France. You, there's a long story. How did you get to Singapore in the first place? Please enlighten us. Okay. Um, uh, of, 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 obviously, I'm French uh, with Jean-Pierre. It's pretty, uh, pretty easy exactly. to, to, to guess. It has to be French. Uh, <laughs> actually, pretty good. <laughs> Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. Grew up in France, did my study in France, um, graduated from schools, uh, business schools, and um, moved directly to Dubai to set up my first venture. Uh, it was an investment advisory firm. Uh, helping high net worth individuals invest in, in the Middle East region. Mm. Um, the idea came up when I visited Dubai in 2005. Um, that was, I would say, the new, you know, the new El Dorado, the new hotspots on the map. Then I thought, why not be there? Uh, I want something that actually moves fast. I want a fast-paced environment. Dubai was like growing at. I don't know how many percent a year in terms of like, you know, economic growth in terms of investments uh, coming from everywhere, and that was my first step. I will say in that uh, in that long, mm. I will say uh, long long story of entrepreneur and uh, and uh, you know building ventures. Um, 2008, the financial crisis arrived, uh, a huge impact in uh, in my business. Tried to keep afloat for a year. Uh, business was less good, then I was like, okay, now I need to move on and get to the next hotspot. Um, and at that time, Singapore was, I would say, what we call the little red dot. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe we should hit there, uh, see how it goes. Came the first time in 2009 to visit, you know, few friends, like have a feeling about the country and how it looks like. And 2010, uh, decided to move in Singapore with my wife. Um, and this is where I started, uh, uh, I will say, with, uh, with a fund called Hira Capital Partners. Mm-hmm. Um, started with, uh, with two great entrepreneurs and, and, and uh, with very strong background in entrepreneurship and in finance, uh, Thierry de Panafieu and Sébastien Guillaume. And work with, uh, with, actually with those two guys and with the team for six years, a little bit more than six years. Um, where we created a first uh, venture fund in 2012-2013, did our first investment in Southeast Asia, then built a second fund, then third fund, etc. Um, went, I would say, all over the place in uh, in terms of like investing in startups in that uh, in that growing ecosystem. Uh, at that time, we were not so many funds in Singapore, not so many funds in Southeast Asia. Then. Uh, we had a very strong deal flow coming to to the company, mm. um, but uh, that was a, I will say that was a, a great that was a great timing of my life uh, when I decided actually to move on and uh, and start Vantage Capital Partners um, with I will say uh, with the objective to uh, support the community of entrepreneur. Uh, there is like so many entrepreneurs in that region. That have like so many great ideas, uh, and sometimes they lack a little bit about the process on how to raise funds, how to to talk with VCs, how to present things, and I will say definitely um, how to actually 
uh, find the, the 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 right KPIs to to, mm. to build up their business. And um, this is this is actually why I I set up Vantage Capital Partners. Um, that was early 2017. Um, and maybe to 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 go a little bit into uh, into into the company and, and what we do. Uh, as I say, I'm I'm here to support entrepreneur. Uh, I'm working with with entrepreneur every day, and this is something that uh, that I've been doing over the last I would say ten years. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I really like uh, spending time with entrepreneurs, spending time to to solve those big issues in terms of like how we can grow uh, uh, startups, how we can grow companies, how we can like build success stories here in Asia. Uh, and and as we all know, there's like a lot of difficulties uh, in terms of like how you need to, to grow a business in, in Asia. It's a very fragmented market. Uh, people like speak different languages. They have different culture. Uh, it's a different set of regulations and rules. Um, and trying to navigate, uh, I would say, within all that is uh, sometimes difficult and even sometimes Painful, and we saw mm. some great success stories in in Asia. And of course, the the big names can actually come to our mind. Uh, and I will say, we have, of course, we have Grab, we have uh, uh, we have all those big guys, and that's great. But there is also a lot of failures uh, because it's a difficult market. Then mm. we also need to acknowledge that. Um, and this is where I'm spending most of my time helping entrepreneur. Uh, supporting them uh, in terms of, of fundraising, uh, making sure they get the right money uh, from the right VCs or from the right strategic investors uh, to be able to support their growth to enter in those new markets. Mm. So you work quite closely with the entrepreneurs, obviously with, with Vantage Capital, you're a member of Bansi, which is the the angel network of Southeast Asia, and you're also a mentor at Impact Tech. We've had Kinneret, Karin, and Yoav on the show here. So you have a lot of face time with entrepreneurs. You said you've been in Singapore since 2010. Have you seen entrepreneurs change in that time, in the, the eight years, seven, eight years that you've been in the ecosystem? Is there a different type of entrepreneur now? Are they maturing like you talk about process and so on. What, what's going on in that eight years that's changed for you? Mm, actually, actually that's, that's a great question, Graham. Um, the, the first thing that's changed is, uh, I would say, the diversity of entrepreneurs that we have now. Uh, back in, 2000, I would say, 2010, 2012, we had, of course, we had that cosmopolite type of, you know, entrepreneurs in town, and mm. I would say in Singapore and uh, but I would say less in other uh, Southeast Asian countries. But Singapore was a little like a melting pot of the entrepreneuria, uh, I would say, in Asia, right. uh, where you could find like, you know, uh, German entrepreneurs, you could find French entrepreneurs, you could find like Asian entrepreneurs. Um, and everyone was actually meeting here in Singapore. Then I would say Singapore has always been that hot, hot spot mm. and that hub for entrepreneurs. But from 2010 uh, to now, one of the shifts I saw is we actually have more and more entrepreneurs that are coming from successful ventures. Uh, you have people who spin off from, for example, Lazada or spin off from, you know, uh, Grab Taxi or spin off mm. with other big companies and they start their own business. They have saw a success story in those companies. They have learned how to actually build a success story and this is this is a this is a knowledge that is i will say a, a very important for an entrepreneur when he yes. wants to set up his business then now we arrive at that phase where we had like few success like few large success and we have people spinning off those large companies mm. Like it happened in the US like PayPal. Uh, with with the PayPal mafia, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, with yeah, all those guys. Then this is exactly where the market is shifting, mm. and we see more and more Asian entrepreneur. And at that time, I remember it was difficult to find Asian entrepreneur. Maybe mm. for that cultural, I would say, cultural thing that not really fit what you know their parents want, etc. But now yeah. we have. Uh, younger entrepreneurs uh, with very good, very smart ideas and 
I will say also uh, more mature entrepreneur coming with a very strong background that want to set up like businesses in their field of expertise. Mm. Uh, and this is something that we see more and more, I will say, in, uh, in Southeast Asia. Yeah, this is really important, isn't it? You're talking about what is the the mat- maturation of any any tech ecosystem. And it's so important you have those stories, don't you? You talk about the, the knowledge that the successful entrepreneurs bring. I think a, a key part of that is the story they bring. Because when people hear about there's this entrepreneur who was successful and he was just like you, then people grow up thinking, oh, I can do that as well, right? And that's really important in Southeast Asia, isn't it? Because in a way, like you say, at, at the beginning, go back to 2010, it was people like you, you know, who come from outside of uh, Southeast Asia into Asia, you know, come from Europe or come from the Middle East, for example, and, you know, so the local Asian or Southeast Asian entrepreneurs didn't have the stories or the role models to, to work from, right? But are you now seeing at the grassroots level Southeast Asian entrepreneurs? So Thai, Singaporean, you know, Filipino, Indonesians starting businesses in the same way that, you know, would be normal in the place like the States? I would say, uh, you know, like... To, 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 to be honest, if we go if we go back to the states, uh, most of the success stories from the states are for from foreigners. Right, here you uh, go. Like you know, it's it's. Of course, we have like American people who build success stories, but uh, if you take the large, I would say, large tech companies that has been built in the states, most of them have been built by I would say foreigners, uh, and in Asia. We have, I would say, we have a bit of both. Uh, in Southeast Asia, we have a bit of both. Mm. Um, uh, definitely, we have a, we have successful entrepreneur coming from uh, uh, coming from Europe, and we can take, uh, I would say, uh, uh, the example of Lazada, uh, founder and CEO. Um, that 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 is, is coming back is, is coming from Europe, and at the same time, we can take the example of Grab, that is actually built yeah. by, I would say, Asian people. Then uh, I'm not. I will say I'm not. Uh, I'm not expecting any patterns, uh, but I will definitely think that yes, there is like success story built with Asian uh, Asian entrepreneur. There, there is success stories built uh, by Asian entrepreneur that grew up back in the US or Europe, and or went mm. went there to do the study at Stanford, Harvard, or you know all the big heavy leagues. Um, and at the same time, we also have like people coming from Europe and seeing, uh, I would say, Asia as an opportunity and trying to to set a foot here in Asia. Then uh, I think both both ways works. Uh, both ways worked before, and both ways actually going to work again and again in in the in the coming years. Yeah, so true. The, the, these ecosystems need the ideas from outside to grow, don't they? And they they need the people who go outside learn something, bring it back. I mean, like you say, Silicon Valley, I, I don't have the data to hand, but, you know, you look at companies like Google as an example, you know, started by people from outside of America, right? Just as an example, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, every startup there has some connection to an immigrant, right? I mean, this is the important part of an ecosystem, that story of change. You know, so, I mean, I want to ask you, like you came from, Paris. I mean, you. Sorry, you. You were working in Paris before you came to Dubai, right? Or not? Did you have a job in France before you you head to the Middle East? No, actually, I had no job in France. Right. Uh, I had I had a job opportunity, but I was like, I don't want. Right. I I don't want to grow a business in France. I don't want to build a business in France. I want to go somewhere else, somewhere where uh, the, the the country is growing fast. I want to I want to live in a fast market. Right, right. In a fast moving market. This is that was for me one of the key decisions uh, when I left France. Is I want to go somewhere, uh, even if there is no ecosystem, because at that time we had like no startup ecosystem in the Middle East, and still the the I would say the ecosystem in in, in Middle East is still I would say smaller than what we can find here in Asia or in Southeast Asia. Um, but uh, I wanted to to be in a yeah in in a fast-moving market, mm. and 
Asia now is a fast-moving market, and that's why more and more people are coming here. And so, that I would say that makes sense. When you came here in 2009 to check out Singapore, that was, that was before, really, the startup ecosystem got moving, right? So what was it about Singapore that sold it to you then, that you thought, yes, this is that fast-moving market that I want? I, I will say that uh, first, like, Singapore is the hub for Southeast Asia, and it's between India and China. Okay, no, this is this is how I put it. I remember when I, when we were like kid uh, back in Europe, the, the map of the world is was focused on Europe at the yeah. center, yeah. U.S. on the you know U.S. on the left and Asia on the right. But actually now it's the reverse. If I actually give a map to my kid, Asia will be at the center. Yeah, that's amazing. You, you, you see the shift. But you think, that, one, you think that that's how a map is, isn't it? You talk about the the Atlantic map. You think that is how all the world looks, right? Until you see the Asian map. But go on exactly. anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And uh, but when you when you grow up with that, you don't you don't really understand. You don't really understand yeah. why Asia is so important. But now we can see that. Singapore is, of course, is a hub. It's a very nice place to be in terms of like on the map itself, it's a strategic point. We have access to five or six countries we are, uh, that are within like two or three hours flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have access to two big economies, that is India and China at our four hours flight, uh, five hours flight. Then this is something you don't have in Europe. Mm-hmm. You don't have that anymore. You don't have access to large markets like India or China. You don't have access to uh, markets like Indonesia or even Malaysia mm-hmm. or even Philippines. Then when I arrived in Singapore, I saw that opportunity. And this is exactly why I joined Hira Capital, because our, um, I would say our focus was Southeast Asia. We need to be close to the entrepreneur. And this is exactly what I'm doing at Vantage. I want to be close with the entrepreneur. And for that, you need to be able to see them as, as I would say, as many times as you can to make mm. sure uh, you can bring the right support. Mm. And this is, I would say, this is the key spot. Singapore is a key spot. Mm. Yeah, very much so. I agree with you. And it, geographically, as you say, it's a great vantage point, isn't it? You only have to look at the map. When you're talking about the maps, as an example, I, I remember, Jean-Pierre, when, when I moved to Japan in first time in 1995, I walked into the office of the... I was teaching English. I walked into the school's office, into my manager's office, and she had a map on the wall. And I looked at the map, and I was kind of jet-lagged. And I looked at it and thought, there's something wrong with that map. And I was just staring at this map and I realized for the first, for the first time in my life, I was 23, 24, for the first time in my life, I saw a map which was Asian, which was with Asia built you know, around the Pacific, if you like. And that was the Exactly. Same. And you look at Europe. The funny thing is when you look at the European part of that, it's tiny. It's out on the corner, isn't it? It's in the top left of yeah. the map. But it may be just a map, but I think it, it's more than a map, isn't it? It's about a mindset as well, a worldview as well. Have you changed your worldview since coming to Singapore? Do you see things a little bit differently in terms of how you view the world based in Singapore, like compared to when you were back in France? Uh, def- def- definitely, Graham. I, I, I think that um, when, when you come here in Asia and you're actually, it's very difficult to understand Asia when, when you're not here, and that's uh, that's the first thing. But even when you're here, you start to understand things that are either cultural, the way you do business, mm. the way uh, you you know attract customers. Everything is different. Then m- now the view I have on Asia versus like ten years ago, it's like I was totally wrong at that time. Like mm. to to be honest, I was like totally wrong. What, wow! Like, How ten, are you wrong? T- 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 ten years ago, I was like yeah. Asia, it's it's so far. Like, why why people gonna do business in Asia? Right. <laughs> and uh, and of course not. Asia now is is yeah. I would say the 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 heart of of uh, of 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 the business. And uh, and we can see that with China. We can see that with Indonesia. We can see that with 
all the countries that are growing very fast and that want they want to do business they want to grow they want to build they want to they want to move fast and and having said that we can see the the i would say the the mobile penetration in all those countries it went like 10 times or even like 50 times faster than back in europe mm. those guys within like two years they get the 4g apple phone and and google phone on their pocket it mm. took us like 15 years to build that in europe yeah. then Very true. It, then it, they are going fast and and this is something that you don't see and you can't understand if you're not here and if you if you're not like feeling it and living it yeah uh, this is really interesting as well i mean you, you talk about that, that when you say that asia is far it's funny isn't it because you you think about asia like i did before i came to asia in in the context of what it means to europe or what it means to america and if you look at the history i mean asia has always been the manufacturing warehouse factory for europe or asia right we we made the the clothes for europe or asia but that's changed i mean if you look at the data now so a to a so asia to asia trade now is bigger than Asia's trade with the rest of the world and you add the middle class growth in there you have a very interesting story I think by 2030 Asia to Asia trade will be twice as big as Asia's trade with the rest of the world so wow yeah we're getting to a stage now where you say Asia's far but for who right it's like now, now the rest exactly. of the world is very far, right? That map exactly kind of makes sense now. I mean, you add the middle class growth of Asia in there, and it's very interesting. I mean, maybe Asia doesn't need the rest of the world. Who knows? You know, I mean, obviously, it would be good if we all got on very well. But you know, if if Europe or America choose to ignore Asia, Asia can be doing just fine. They have the customers. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, fascinating. I, I want to unpack a little bit more of your experience about Southeast Asia because I, I absolutely love Singapore, absolutely love Southeast Asia, one of my favorite places in the world. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are before we go there about where you're based compared to, say, China, for example, because I know now, let's say, young people graduating from anywhere in France or America, a lot of people are saying, you know, Shenzhen, you've got to get to the Greater Bay and so on. But, you know, they kind of, the, the, you know, China gets all the headlines. China gets all the, the media headlines. Um, but Southeast Asia is so fascinating as well. It's such a high growth market. You know, do you sort of, you know, do you, are you consciously focused on Southeast Asia and not looking at the China markets? I mean, how, how do you sort of focus your time advantage? Mm, okay. Um, I, I will say that... Um, uh, again, to be able to help entrepreneur, uh, you need to you need to be on their side. You need to be there. You need to. It, it's uh, I will say my, my business it, it is a it's a local business. Okay, it's very difficult for me to to do business with a company, for example, based in in uh, in in China. Mm. It's it's a little bit too far. Um, but at the same time, when I'm like helping entrepreneur here in the region, uh, in Southeast Asia. I'm definitely working with people in China. I'm working with investors based in China or in Hong Kong. I'm working with investors even based in Australia or in Japan. Then I think that uh, even the headlight being, I would say, on China, uh, that actually creates for Southeast Asia a very strong you know, um, growth opportunity. Mm. When China is growing, when there is money in China and that money is getting out of China, then the first place that money is coming in is Southeast Asia. Exactly. Uh, starting starting with Philippines, uh, that is the closest to I would say to, to China. Um, but we can also see that in Hong Kong. We can also see that in Singapore, and we can see that in other uh, Southeast Asian countries. Then Chinese money, uh, that is of course making the headlines. Uh, is actually being reinvested a part of it in Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah. Now we, we can also we can also see some investments from Chinese in the US. 
back in Europe. We we see that, but there's a very strong pattern, I would say, from uh, from my business is bringing investment into Southeast Asia uh, that can actually come from Southeast Asia from outside. Hmm. But I see a lot of money coming from outside, like Alibaba, who invest two billion dollar. Uh, I think it was today or uh, yesterday in uh, in um, in Lazada. Hmm. That is that is I would say the, that entire I would say synergy that we create within Southeast Asia and being between China and India. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the right spot because we have big markets, not as big as China, but we have big markets. We have great opportunities for investors to come and invest in Southeast Asia. We have a strong growth. We have that middle class that is growing and booming and they want to have everything that we have in the West, in a way, mm. then, uh, um, then yes, maybe the headlights are on China, but uh, we get a lot of it, and I think it's uh, it's even better for us. Right, right. So, the, like you say, the headlights, the world's headlights are on China, but Chinese investors' headlights are on Southeast Asia right now, right? Exactly. That's what's happening. Because, I mean, if you were a, a Tencent or an Alibaba you're looking for your next growth story. Your next growth story is not coming from inside China, is it? Because it's just too crowded. This, you know, if you were a bike-sharing you know, startup in China, I mean, how many competitors will you have? Hundreds, probably. So mm-hmm. you've got to look at Southeast Asia, and it's a real frontier market for these investors. What's popular right now? What are, these, what, what are Chinese investors looking for in Asia? You talk about the Alibaba Lazada deal. What sort of startups are they looking for in Southeast Asia? I, I will say right now, um, we can see the like taking the, uh, you know, the, the the first the first step in the in the startup ecosystem, being the e-commerce play, mm. uh, and we can we can definitely like go back to Lazada, go back to Tokopedia, go back to all those guys, all those like marketplace and e-commerce players in, in Southeast Asia. Uh, that has been the first uh, most uh, mature market within Southeast Asia. We had the first, I would say, uh, uh, success story in the, I would say, in the tech industry coming from the e-commerce players. Mm. Um, like we had deal dot, deals.com, I think, uh, that was in 2010, 2012. Uh, got bought over by uh, Groupon. Mm. That was that was the beginning of that e-commerce. I will say, you know, um, e-commerce and technology uh, market here in Southeast Asia. And we had like few who pop ups in Indonesia, in Philippines, Thailand. Those guys they started to buy over each other, try to consolidate, to conglomerate, and then they become targets for larger players outside of Europe. Uh, outside of Asia, mm-hmm. uh, that European players or American players or even Asian players actually came along and and bought over those guys, and now we see that with Lazada, uh, who got actually bought over by by Alibaba. It's uh, they they know they know the space. Um, it's a pretty mature market, even if it's still at its infancy. But the the, the market is there. It's, it's it's the beginning of I would say that. Uh, that technology and that digital mm. world for the for the you know for the mass market here in in Southeast Asia, then this is where they want to focus, and I think that's that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. When you look at uh, brand, global brands like let's say from the American side like Amazon, um, Amazon Singapore, I think it doesn't. I mean, they've got a website, haven't they? But they don't have. Any operation? I think I'm not sure the full story, but they have something based in Singapore. Whether it's a just a operations depot, but you can't actually order from Amazon Singapore yet. When I when I think of Amazon coming to Southeast Asia, where are the Americans by comparison to some of these Alibaba, Tencent Chinese investors? Mm, I I will. I will say, uh, actually, uh, Amazon, they started in Singapore like a few weeks back uh, with, um, 
like I'm not sure if it's like two weeks. I received an email, I think, last week, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest, uh, where they started uh, Amazon Prime, uh, and now you can order, uh, I would say, a little uh, selection of what you can find on Amazon. Um, but I don't really know how, f- I would say, how fast they are growing here in Singapore. I'm not really sure, like, how many people are, like are using it. I didn't hear much about Amazon here in Singapore, mm. but uh, definitely uh, Amazon has a has a very strong, uh, uh, successful track record. Yeah. Then uh, definitely, if they if they want to come in Asia, then uh, um, they will they will have all the I would say all the right people to to get on board and make it a success. Mm. Um, but where are the Americans? Um, I would say there is, uh, there is like plenty of Americans. Like if we take those big old tech companies that are still leading the world right now, like Intel, like AMD, like, you know, all those big guys, they have been in Asia for a long time. Even Apple, they have been in, in China, I would say for, for quite some time now. Uh, then we can't, we can't really say they're not here. They've been here first, not for the market themselves. They've been here for, I would say, um, the manufacturing power yeah. of Asia. Then they've been here longer than anybody else. Um, and definitely the Americans have been leading the way for other countries like Europe, like European countries mm-hmm. to actually come and, and outsource the manufacturing in Asia and in China, uh, to, to, be, to be more precise. Um, then Americans, Americans have always been here. Now the tech giants are also here. You take Facebook, you take Google. Actually, I, I went to the to the Google office here in Singapore. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. I think Same. I think they have like they have like one thousand five hundred people working for mm. them just in mm. Singapore. That means they are they are taking the right step to build up you know a success story in Asia mm-hmm. um, and definitely. Big guys will come too. Amazon, they put, a, I would say, they started with India, not yet China. They started with India and now a little bit of Southeast Asia. Then they're going to they're gonna come. Mm. Like sooner or later, they're going to come. If you want to grow your business and you're already the leader, I would say, in, back in the US, the only way to grow is to go either to Europe or come to Asia. Yeah. But now Asia become, I would say, the sexy start. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, the, the numbers the numbers speak for themselves, right? You know, Europe versus Asia. I mean, you made the decision yourself personally, so I've made the decision myself. But any startup, it would make sense, right? I mean, if they were mature and they needed a growth story, well, the middle class in Asia are the biggest growth story possibly of a generation, right? I mean, you look at the numbers now of the middle classes. I think I, I don't have the numbers. I wish I had the chart in front of me, but something like the middle class in Asia have grown from 700 million when you came to Singapore, so 2009. By 2030, they'll be three and a half billion. So, wow. you know, they'll make up two thirds of the world's or three quarters of the world's middle class will be in Asia. Sorry, in Asia, yeah, by 2030. I think now the, the 10, you talk about e commerce, we'll talk about shopping in Asia, the 10 biggest malls in the world, the 10 biggest shopping malls in the world are all in Asia. So it just goes to show it's happening now. And I think, you know, that's, that's a good sign for everybody. I mean, you know, that those middle class consumers are going to want all different kinds of services, aren't they? They're, you know, everything from insurance to healthcare to travel, you know, consumer goods, It's all going to happen. I mean, that is going to grow in the next 10, 20 years. It's a great space to be in. What, what excites you when you look at Southeast Asia particularly? What kind of areas really get you excited? Actually, you, you, just, you just said it. Is uh, everything re- because we, we, we think as we think as like Asian like Asian middle class, they want they. They, they want security. They want what we had. Like they want to have an insurance. They want to, you know, to be able to bring their kids to school, to have good schools. They want to eat well. They want to have a good health. They want 
uh, you know, they want to travel, they want to discover, then every, I would say, every industry is impacted by that middle class and opportunities are everywhere. Mm-hmm. We can't say there's like one route for success. In Asia, route of success is everywhere. You want to build a med tech business, you can be successful. You want to, to build uh, a fintech business for SMEs, you can be successful. You want to build an HR uh, tech business to help people get jobs, you can also be successful. Then people want what everybody else wants. And I think th- this, is, this is the beauty of Asia. It's like there's no one specific industry or one specific sector that's going to actually boom. Mm. It's, it's booming everywhere. It's, you just need to be the, I would say, the right team with the, the right ID at the right time in the right place. And, uh, and of course, be, be able to execute that story and you're going to be successful. You're very positive about Asia, Jean-Pierre. Uh, do, does Asia make you positive? Do you find... I mean, we, we, we come from the old world, so to speak. I mean, I come from Great Britain, United Kingdom. You come from France. And we maybe have a bit more of a, a different attitude towards the future. Maybe not so positive, you know, a very sort of European way of looking at things. But... How do you find it in Asia? Are you surrounded by positive people? Do you think people are more positive here because of the things that you said, like you talk about opportunity? Is it tangible? Mm. Yes, it's tangible. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think it, it's tangible enough to, to have built uh, over the last, I would say, four to five years, we have built that startup ecosystem here. Mm. That means peop- people are buying that story. It's not only me, it's not only Asian, it's everyone is buying that story. Everyone thinks that a great thing going to happen here in Southeast Asia and in Asia in general. Then that's, I think that, that that's why people are coming more and more, I would say more and more European and American are coming to actually, uh, you know, in, in Asia. Yeah. And, uh, and I think... Uh, coming coming from coming from uh, coming from Paris, um, I think though now back in Europe, they definitely want to also get a pie of that. Mm. Uh, and 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 we see when we see Macron, the French president, coming here in Asia and asking the the um, I would say the the Indian uh, the Indian entrepreneur, the Indian researcher come to France, we're going to welcome you. Uh, that's, that is a very strong message. Mm. Uh, that is a very strong message that is giving to the world, saying, Asian, Asia is great, but we also are great. We have things that you don't have yet. Then come to us. Mm. And I think that's, that was a pretty strong message from the, the French president. But at the same time, um, most of, I would say, the success, success story uh, for French or from European startups, uh, they are always like going back to that old, old. I would say that old, old, um, uh, old school uh, thinking of yeah, I'm successful in Europe, great, but now I need to be successful in the US. Right. Uh, that's why we see so many French startup or even like a British startup or even European startup going to the US. Mm. As a, as a face of expansion, because it's four hundred million people, it's a big market for them. Mm. It's a habit, though, isn't it? it? It's what people have done for twenty, thirty years. Yes. So, when you look at Macron and him welcoming the world of entrepreneurs to France, do you think he can learn from? Asia. I mean, you take Singapore as an example. Singapore is a fantastic success story in terms of building a startup ecosystem. From, from not having a startup ecosystem 10 years ago, or even seven, seven or eight years ago, it's phenomenal what they've achieved. But a lot of people say, well, that's very easy when you're you know, a small city state where everybody's reasonably wealthy, 5 million people. Very top-down approach to building a startup ecosystem, isn't it? Which which has worked, right? Can, can somewhere like France learn from that? Can they take away from it and say we can be more like Singapore? Is that possible? Mm. Actually, actually, 
I think that, like back in France, uh, the startup ecosystem is very strong, mm. and and we have we have we have like many success stories. Uh, then I, I think we have that entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, we have the infrastructure behind that entrepreneurial spirit to help this, those entrepreneurs become successful. Uh, now there is in Paris there's something called Station F. Yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a huge app for entrepreneurs. Uh, I, th- I I really think that they are doing it right. Mm. What we are maybe we are doing something wrong is maybe we are we are actually we are managed by people that are not from that digital world. Yeah, uh, we are we have the the top politicians that are except Macron because he's less than 40 years old. Mm. But over the last 20 years or 30 years, we have been managed by people who are over 60 years old. Exactly. And, 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 th- and this, is, this is, of course, the pace is different. You, I, I, w- I will take a very, a very simple example, but uh, uh, you know, if, if you want to run fast and uh, you want to have that, you know, you want to, to bring the, the, the the people who run fast first, uh, and and this is definitely what Macron is trying to do now. Mm. Uh, back in France, he's trying to bring people who are younger, who are closer to you know the startup community, and who can actually uh, are coming from the industry, have the expertise, and uh, and we I think uh, French people are seeing big movements right now, mm. and uh, it's definitely definitely great then can that stay for long i think so can they move faster than asia i don't think so uh, because we still we still have uh, that uh, that old infrastructure in a way <laughs> uh, from uh, from you know the last 20 or 30 years of you know uh, political life then this is very difficult to change uh, but in in asia we 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 see that uh, people are moving very fast to bringing those young, I would say, those young people uh, within the, the political, you know, um, mm. aspect of it. Bringing the the entrepreneurs saying, yeah, we we need the entrepreneur. We need to have entrepreneurs working with entrepreneurs. We need to have young people working with young people. We need to. This is the future. Is the young generation is not us anymore? Then mm. let's think about them first and make sure that. They can grow and become like better than what we were 20 years ago. Absolutely. I mean, it's a step in the positive direction. You you mentioned at the beginning, Jean-Pierre, about the Southeast Asian entrepreneurs, the young entrepreneurs there. They have the energy and the dreams, but maybe they, they don't have so much of the process and I, I wonder, like, this is where you support the community more. What, what is it that Southeast Asia needs now to really grow that startup ecosystem? Is it, like, best practices, examples? What do we need more of in Southeast Asia? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I think that one of the first elements is success stories. Is We need to sell dreams. We're selling dreams to those youngsters. We want the, they should they should see the the founder and CEO, for example, uh, um, of Lazada or for Grab or for Alibaba. They need to see those guys as you know their future. I want to be the same. I want to be the next Jack Ma. I want to be the the you know the I want to be the next guy who actually built something great. For our world, and I think that that now that we have few success stories in uh, in in Southeast Asia, actually we have many success stories in Southeast Asia. Then this is something that the young entrepreneurs are looking at and saying, maybe one day it will be me. Mm. And and this is this is this is how you create. This is how you create an ecosystem. You create an ecosystem because you have success stories. Absolutely. If 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 you have no success stories, then no one will trust. No one will. Uh, the mentality won't change. But now, uh, Razor went uh, like Razor. Razor, I think they went IPO a few months ago. Uh, 
um, we have those big, big stories from Grab, from uh, Alibaba, from Tokopedia, from, you know, all those like big startups here. And this is, this is the dream for every entrepreneur. Mm. Then if you have that little, I would say, sparkle, if you have the, that little sparkle and you, you can think maybe that could be me, then people are going to go for it. Entrepreneurs are going to go for it. And, and this, this is the beauty of a startup ecosystem because you don't need much. You need some, like, some people who finance. You need some people who advise and, and support you during that, that growth. And, and you need success stories. That's it. Yeah, the stories. I love it. This, this is so important, getting the stories out there, sharing the stories. And, and I believe, I think you're absolutely right, Jean-Pierre. I believe one of the reasons Silicon Valley leads the world now still is because of the stories because capital well there's capital in singapore there's capital in china there's capital in america it, it's everywhere you, you you know there's no shortage of money in the, the ecosystem there's talent you know i think singapore is number one in the world for startup talent right so it started you know consumers capital talent the things we need in the startup ecosystem are everywhere now but the difference really is is the stories. I mean, Silicon Valley, you, you mentioned all those companies. I mean, how many of them come from Silicon Valley today? You know, you have the Google, Facebook, et cetera, Amazon. No, Amazon, not Silicon Valley, but you know what I mean? West Coast America. So yep. how important that is. Well, I mean, it's been... And talking about success stories, and this is what I want to ask you, is that yourself. So I'm sure somebody people listen to this story and say i i really like what jean pierre has done with his life you know i may be in paris now or i may be in america and i want to go to asia you know i want to go i want to find that energy and that speed that you went looking for what 10 years ago 15 no, 13 years ago when you moved to dubai or 10 years ago when you came to asia what advice do you give to those people? So how do you do that? Do you just get your backpack and you buy your ticket and go? Or is there another way of doing this? Because a lot of people are thinking this, Jean-Pierre, and a lot of people are now see Asia as an opportunity, but not a lot of people know how to get from A to B. There's a lot of unknown in the middle. How do they get started? And that's a, that's a great question. Uh, to to be honest, Graham, I don't really know. I I think is actually I I never thought about that before. Like why like what made me come here? For me, it was it it, it was like uh, I would say uh, it was an easy decision. It was like uh, I came here once met few entrepreneurs, met few people, um, lived, in the, lived in the city for maybe a week, try to, you know, understand how it works, like try to, to, to see myself here. Mm. And uh, after a week, I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a place I could live. As simple as that. Right. I, and, and I think, and, but this is, this is like very personal, but I, I think you need to, you need to live in a place that, that yeah, that you like. And I like being in Singapore because I can travel around Asia. I can uh, take a flight ticket and go to, for example, to to uh, to Bangkok or to Manila or to 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 Japan or even to Australia whenever I want. And I really like that. And that's why I'm here in Asia. Then now. For people who wants to come here, they need first to see if they could live here, mm. and for that is a, it's a ticket away. You buy one ticket, you come here, spend a week, meet people, meet I would say the ecosystem that uh, you want you want to work with or the industry that you want to work with. People are definitely very open to that. Uh, I receive many requests from people sending me like LinkedIn messages. Hey JP, I'm you know an alumnus from my from your school. Uh, I want to come in Asia. Uh, I'm just coming for a week now or two weeks to see how it goes. Will you have time to you know uh, to get a coffee with me and 
give me a little, you know, little bit about yourself and uh, if, you know, if it could be a right place. And yes, definitely. I think that's the first step. Contact your network, get a, get a plane ticket. Now they're pretty cheap. <laughs> mm. uh, come to Asia, come spend a week, uh, two weeks. It's okay. You need to invest into that. You need to, if you want to, if you want to move here, you need to invest into that, uh, that, uh, I would say, uh, uh, that, that area and understand how it works and meet people here. You can't like just decide like from one day, okay, I'm going to go and live in Asia. That's like pretty difficult, I will say. Come here, try it, feel it, test it, talk with people. If you like it, then plan to come back. Yeah, absolutely. It's great advice. Stop talking and start showing up. I think that's the the advice, isn't it? Get that ticket, go. And there are always people like you as well. I think that's what people need to know. There are people like JP who will talk to you. One of the great things about these ecosystems is there are a lot of people who have moved from outside who, who understand what the challenges are, right? So always happy to help somebody, you know, a coffee, chat, point you in the right direction. Don't be afraid to reach out to anybody in an ecosystem or a city that you want to go to. If you want to go to Singapore, reach out, you know, make contact with JP, make contact with Bansi, make contact with any of that network there. And I think just getting off your ass and going somewhere in many ways says to people that you're not a time waster, right? So I think it's a good commitment to do that, reach out to people and you won't be alone. I think people are obviously worried that they'll go somewhere and they, they won't meet anybody and they'll be alone. That's always the worry, isn't it? But you go to these ecosystems and there's hundreds of opportunities to meet people. So don't be afraid, just do it. JP, it's been an honor and a real inspiration having you on the show today. Really enjoyed it. Thank you it. very much, Graham. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, that's Jean-Pierre Sedaga, everybody. He's the managing partner of Vantage Capital, also a member of Bansi and Impact Tech Mentor. A kite surfer. We didn't get to kite surfing today, so maybe for the next one, but we'll talk about that the next time. <laughs> JP, where do people definitely. find... Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Where do people find out more about you? Where can I go and find out more about you and your background um, story? Actually, on LinkedIn, uh, you can check my LinkedIn profile. All right. Uh, I'm also on Twitter from time to time. Uh, yeah, that's it. Excellent. JP, great having you on the show, as I said. And please come back in the future and share an update with us because more stories from Southeast Asia, more stories from the front line. We'd love to learn what's going on and what's the latest in your world. Thank you very much, Graham. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.